Amen. Well, good morning. So glad that you're with us here today at Cornerstone. It's a blessing to be with you and for us to get a chance to worship together. Um, man, we just had some ladies who went to the Bold Conference. How many ladies had a great time at Bold Conference? What a blessing. We're so glad that they had a chance. I heard amazing things. Celeste and others were telling me this morning about how much they loved it. So glad that you participated with that for those that were able. Uh, this next weekend, we have an, another event. The Men's Ministries is sponsoring a, uh, a camp out with some fishing. So get, get online and take a look at some of those events as well. Today, we are also as a kickoff this week for a new semester of life groups. It's the other half of how we do what we do here at Cornerstone. It's a chance for us to get involved and be intentional in growing in our faith. So let me encourage you that you'd go online and take a chance to look at those groups and then take that step to get involved. We do that through connect, grow, and serve groups. Connect groups are just that, and you can see some examples of them here. It's ways for us to build relationship with each other. Uh, there's a couple's game night. There's our Inspire Women have events that are going on. There's a ladies' lunch that Celeste's going to be doing once a month. We also have Men's Night Out, which is an event just to build relationship. I know we've done Top Golf and other things in the past. Uh, we have the Seniors Brunch. With how many, how many seniors were at the Seniors Brunch this past week? Yes, 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 yes. Super duper good. Thank you to Pastor Angus and to the team. We have a hand for them for all they do for us. Really, really good time and a great word from Pastor Rich. We're very blessed in that event. Happens every month for our seniors. Let me encourage you to involve with that. Our Youth Connect is also a way that you can connect in your students. It's on a Saturday happening so students can come and bring a friend. We also have grow groups. That's our step to grow in our relationship with God, to go deeper in our walk with God. A lot of different options here. We see the, the being a disciple group, follow me, gifts and talents for under 35s. The Kingsmen are doing a study on Tuesdays. There's a prayer group that's happening Sunday nights um, here on campus. There's the basics of studying the Bible. It's Fridays, and then you'll get through this on Wednesday morning. A number of those options for you to get involved and, and participate with others in, in growing in your faith. We have a lot of ways to serve. Thank you to those who serve on our serve teams. You make it possible for, for Cornerstone to do ministry. And we're so blessed to, to be a part of all these teams and to have them serving. I was personally blessed by the cafe this morning who brought me a coffee. Thank you, Jesus. And the smiling faces on our greeter team. And for those who come and set up and set out the flags in the morning. And for all those who make it possible. All of our teachers who come and before you drop off your kids, they pray for them and pray for you. For our prayer team, which walks this room and prays over these seats before you come and just praying for the Spirit of God to reach you where you're at and have a, an amazing uh, experience. There are so many teams that you can be a part of. And so go online, take a, take a chance to look at these. You see the next page has some of those as well um, with our safety team and our usher team. There's many ways to serve. So let me encourage you to get involved in life groups today. Amen? Well, if we haven't met... My name is Jay, and Celeste and I have the opportunity to lead here at Cornerstone, and it's a blessing to be one of your pastors here. Um, we have been looking at this theme called lenses. Lenses. How many people have been appreciating the words that were brought through this series so far? Amen. We've been using this scripture in Romans 12, 2. It says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. And I think you heard it there. It's talking about the renewal of our mind, about changing our minds to the mindset of Christ. 
And it really does mean that. And so we've been talking about this through this concept of decisions determine your destiny. And how our perspective really does influence the way we live our life and the way we make our decisions. We've talked about step by step how your perspective influences the way you think and feel. That in turn, those emotions, that mindset, it, 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 it has our attitude that's there. And because we have those things, that's how we make those decisions. And once we make those decisions, well, of course, our decisions have consequences. And our, our consequences there reinforce our perspective or cha challenge our perspective depending on how we make those decisions. And so we understand that having the mind of Christ is so very important for that exact reason. That we have to start with that mindset of Christ so that we can live out those, those kind of destinies, those things that he would have for us that he guides and directs us towards. In Matthew, it says this in Matthew 22. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And those are three elements of who we are as a triune being made in the image of God, heart, soul, and mind. So living, loving God with everything we are, not just a compartmentalized part of who we are, but every single part. And it's, that's the challenge for us as Christ followers. Today, we're going to look again to the scripture to hear what the Lord is speaking to us. If you have your Bible, your tablet, your phone, if you'd move to that in Hebrews 11, be jumping off here today. It says this, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Today we are talking through the lens of faith. And our question for us is, do you have faith to believe? Do you have faith to believe? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your scripture as you speak through it today. I pray, Lord, you would open up our hearts. Lord, we, the word that came for us today was that we ask. So, Lord, we ask for an impartation. Lord, for a new level of who you are, for a new anointing, for a new outpouring, Lord, in our lives. Lord, we want to walk in faith towards the things you have for us. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, we've been talking about mindset, and we're talking about how intricate our minds are and, and all the different parts of our mind and how it physically works and how that, of course, ties into our emotions and our decision making. We talked about how all those different synapses and all those different things that are there, well, there's a path to that. And there's actually a lot of study on how we make habits and how we break habits and, and other steps like that. And there's some great books that are a catalyst for thinking that way in addition to what we're hearing in scripture. Now, one of the things that I've recently was a part of is a study with some other pastors across our state and is actually a book from a pastor named Todd Bolsinger. And Todd is actually, uh, he's a professor as well and writes some prolific things, really encouraging and challenging things to the church. In this book, Tempered Resilience, he's talking to leaders specifically about being those who are formed in the image of Christ. Amen. And by doing so, he makes this parallel to blacksmithing and actually the process by which something is made into a tool. And he talks about how the heat and the pressure and the, and the hammering and all those different pieces are so pivotal in who we are as leaders. See, this, is, this goes right along with what Pastor Rich was saying earlier about not everything is pie in the sky and all hunky-dory and easy. 
In fact, if we're going to be someone who's tenacious and someone who is trustworthy in the middle of a storm, then we have to have some steel in us. And the steel only comes through being formed into something strong. And that means you have to go through the heat and the hammer. And it's a really encouraging book in that way because, you know, that's always a good time. What he did, though, is he brought to light something I thought would, would share with us today. And it's something actually from, uh, from a, a journalist and a, and a psychologist, Jonathan Haidt. It's called The Writer and the Elephant. And it's this concept that the writer is our mind and our decision-making, while the elephant is our emotions. And that the writer can do all that they can try to do to try to force the emotions to do what they want, but it's not an easy process, as you might imagine. And so it's a really interesting parallel on this concept. They say the easiest way for you actually to understand of how to move your emotions forward, the elephant forward, so for the rider to move themselves forward in this way is for these four elements to be thought about. First is the destination. Where are you going? Now, we talk about this often, right? What, what is something that's important to us? Be more like Jesus. And so we talk about what that is and how we're doing that, the destination in mind. So what do I want to see? I want to see myself be triumphant in my finances. I want to be someone who's giving, who's generous. I want to be someone who gives of my time. I use my talents and the abilities God has grown up inside my life for other people. I want to be someone who is a witness of what God has said. Not to pound against someone else, but to share whenever someone's asking about my own testimony. I want to be someone who is all those things and more, right? And fill in the blank. You, a good parent, a good, a good spouse, a good grandparent, a good friend, a good neighbor. And you name all the things. That's your destination. And so we're going there. It talks about the path. If there's all these obstacles in our way of trying to get somewhere, then we'll emotionally get hung up. It talks about our motivation. Man, it's sometimes really hard to get something going. Anybody? You know, I talked about this before, man. It's like when you try to quit smoking, it's like the worst thing because it's so habitual. People do it on automatic. So they're like, okay, I'm going to quit smoking tomorrow. Right? It's like at the end of this pack, I'll quit smoking. It's like, no, you're not. It's like, okay, at the end of the carton that I bought that's in my house, I'm going to quit smoking. No, you're not. No. When they stop making my brand of cigarettes, I'm going to quit smoking. It's like, no, no, still no. You have to decide with the motivation in mind. What is the thing that's really going to spark you forward and changing? And the other one is progress to actually seeing milestones along the way. And see, for us in a faith perspective, we see this, this resonates directly with what we've been talking about, about those who see and understand the path we're going. What would we talk about? We're someone who, how we're going to do this, how we're going to be a good example to others. We're going to love God, make disciples, reach the world. We're going to have a path by which we do that. We are together going to be in those milestones. We have the encouragement and the motivation to live this thing out. We're going to be those who, who triumph and celebrate with others when they have those milestones of victory. And so that's what we're talking about when we talk about decisions determine your destiny. We want to be those who think with the end in mind. I want to be those. I want to be someone who's called as a part of those who he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And since that's true, that's the starting with the end in mind. And it makes us think about our process with these lenses. Now, we've been using different glasses as examples of how we should see and how we can look through different 
different ideas. We talked about being awake and about being aware spiritually in our lives. We talked about peace and the peace of God reigning over us. Last week, Pastor Celeste talked about care and being compassionate. Today, we're going to pick up these green lenses and talk about the lens of faith. And see, man, when you put on the lens of faith, suddenly you have this faith to believe. Now, without them, it's a lot harder to do things, especially the really difficult things. But whenever you put on the lens of faith and you start to read the scripture and you see these other examples of people who've gone before us, both men and women who out of great courage and believing in faith in what God had said to them, they did amazing things because they had on the lens of faith. Now, today we'll continue to talk about that and and move forward with the lens of faith. And it really kind of hinges around, for us, this person in the Bible called Abraham. Now, Abraham, if you go to your Bible, it's in the very first book of your Bible in Genesis. It talks about Abraham as being in chapter 12, one that was set apart unto God, and God gave him directive. God gave him directive to go and follow after where he sent him out to be. And so it's a major step of faith because he was someone who grew up and his father was blessed. And so he became someone of notoriety, having some wealth. And he had just got established. Their family had reestablished in the city they were in. So guess what he doesn't want to do? Uproot his whole life and leave. As you can imagine, if anyone's ever done that, you've ever moved house. Man, it's hard. Have you ever moved cities? It's harder. You move states, man, you, it's really tough. You ever move across the country? How about internationally? You ever done it multiple times with multiple kids? I have. It's a good time. It's a great time full of un, <laughs> unknowns and threats and danger. And you have to get rid of all your stuff. But here's the thing. He was willing to do it because he stepped out in faith. And I love it. It picks up here, and we're going to look at a Hebrews eleven eight. It says this, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Does that sound familiar in our walk with God? That sometimes he's like, hey, I want you to come with me. You're like, great, where are we going? He's like, you're going to find out. And you're like, that doesn't sound like a destination. That sounds like obligatory, like just follow me and trust me. He's like, exactly. It's called faith. It's called faith. And see, it's tough because we see that we see all the blessings that came from Abraham and we see the lineage and man, the millions and millions of descendants that became from Abraham exactly. But guess who didn't see it? Abraham. It continues a little bit later in this same scripture. It says, all these, there was others listed, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. See, they believed the promise even when the promise didn't come to them quickly. And I don't know about you, this is probably the hardest part in the trouble with faith is that we don't get the things we want right away. And that's hard because we've got really good at getting things right away. Anybody else? You ever been like, man, you're just tired and busy and you just like swing by a place to get some food and then they're backed up in line at the place you went? Has ever happened to you? 
there's a place that makes like burritos and tacos and stuff in a bowl. And we went there and there was a line. There was a line like it was a concert. That was the line that was in the food line. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we already ordered. And they're like, yeah, cool story. All of us have been waiting for an hour. And I was like, this is not that good a food that we're waiting for an hour. But guess what? If you had to go hunt down, I don't know, say a chicken and clean a chicken and then add that chicken to some black beans and some brown rice and some chile and oh my goodness gracious, make some cheese and then grate it and put it over something. It takes longer than an hour. You know what I'm talking about? But we are so impatient. I'm the worst at it, man. And it's the truth. I mean, we, you know, God's working on us. But we see that and we try to apply that to God. The immediacy, Lord, right now. And he's like, cool story. I have something better for you, but you have to wait. You're like, Lord Jesus, for my family. He's like, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm working through you for your family. But guess what? You might not see it until later. But guess what? I'm setting it up, not just so your kids are successful, but your grandkids, great grandkids know me and seek after me. So trust me. And see, that's what I'm believing for. Man, you could take all my stuff away again. We've already got rid of it multiple times. You could take it all. But for my family, for the generations to come, till Jesus comes and takes us back. But that's the trouble with faith, man. It's, it's hard to walk that out. I had a f- conversation with a friend the other day. And we, he's not a person of faith, but he knows that I am. And typically, I don't, I don't know how, if you've ever been in that situation, but typically I don't lean in and go straight away with the pastor conversation, right? It's not always welcomed by someone not of faith. So I'm always like, back, like, how are you doing? They went hard in the paint with the conversation on faith. And I was like, oh, we're going here today. You've been thinking about this. I was like, we are at a recital. We're at a choir event. I'm like, okay, here we go. It, and it's okay. I mean, we were there early. Obviously, God wanted us to be early, have this conversation. But we're talking about all these things. And he came from a faith background, not like ours, but he really was hurt. And, and he, he pushed away from faith. And he sought a bunch of other ideas in faith and kind of put together his own smorgasbord of faith ideology. And, and I think that's not, that's not unique nowadays. A lot of people kind of, you know, pepper in what they like. None of it makes sense because all of it counters each other, but they don't go to all the effort in that. You know, they just kind of pick and pick and pick. And I said, you know, he's like, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I even, if I believe it, if I do, I don't really want him to pay attention to me. I'm like, you think that God that created the universe doesn't know what's going on with you? If a God could create the universe and all the things in the universe and understand every single person that's there, you don't think he knows what's going on with you all the time? You think you're hiding from God or you're like, a, you know, stuck in a file somewhere? It doesn't work like that. The God who created us all knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly who you are. He knows your dreams, your ambitions. He knows all the things about you. And he loves you very, very much. And so that's the thing is that it's hard many times for people to step out into faith because they don't have the eyes to see. He talks about it in scripture that scripture can be a stepping stone or stumbling block. Because if we don't have faith to see correctly, then everything's muted. We're not really seeing with the eyes of faith. And so we can't believe because we don't understand correctly. I have an example for you, a real short video about seeing something. Got these for you. Are they glasses? Yeah. You're kidding. The colorblind ones. No. Yeah. (laughs) They're so expensive. Put them on. You're kidding. Put them on. (laughs) 
Are you serious? You guys can see this every day. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know if you guys understand, but I didn't know. <laughs> the grass look green. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal. Stop making me cry. <laughs> but it's it's color like I don't. Nobody understands how. I'll have to relearn my colors with the glasses. <laughs> yeah, what? Nobody understands whenever you're colorblind and you see color for the first time. See, nobody understands until they see it for the first time. And that's the eyes of faith for us. As we put on that lens of faith and we truly believe it opens up the world in the way we're supposed to see it. With the colors and the way we're supposed to understand it. And it's like he said, I'll have to relearn this process. See, because he's had a, a muted understanding of how the world works. But when we have the lens of faith, the perspective of faith, it changes everything. It changes everything. I love what she says, his wife says to him, she, or, she says, you see how the grass is green? The green grass. Man, how many people know that grass is supposed to be green? How many people know that in Arizona, you might be green, maybe, slightly green. If we get green, green grass, you're probably not in Arizona. It's okay. If you are, you're like northern Arizona, maybe on a golf course. But I love this. It's like, man, all the effort. We spend so much effort here at the church to make the, green, the grass green. And it's tough. It takes lots of effort. And, you know, it's so funny. Friends across the country, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, grass naturally is green. You're like, you out your mind. In Arizona, Southern California, like there's green grass. Do you guys understand that? Like they're stealing the water from up north to get the green grass. That's how important it is to us. Man, we would, put, uh, we would go to different soccer pitches um, to see our son play soccer. And some of, the, some of the ground was the worst. It was like just dirt and holes and all this stuff. We're like, it's supposed to be grass. How can you play on this? Anybody? Man, I, as well as, because I was cheap. I'm terrible at golf. I love golf, but I was terrible at golf. But, you know, I would go and play at a place that's called Villa de Paz. It's rest in peace. It's no longer there. The Lord be with you. But, man, we used to play there, but it was so bad. Like, the grass was terrible and all that. It was super fun because, like, nobody good played there, so I felt really good. You know what I'm talking about? But it was terrible. Like, it was, if you were betting on it being good and getting, like, a good roll, yeah, right. It just doesn't work like that. And what, why doesn't it work like that? Because you have to water something for it to work. And that's the same with faith. You have to be one who steps out in faith, who reads in faith and believes in faith to have that faith build up in your heart and your life. If you're going to walk in faith, you have to be one who draws close to the Father, draws close to Jesus, ask the Spirit for impartation. But see, in the meantime, a lot of us, were always looking for the other version of that, which is you're looking for the grass is greener on the other side. So instead of seeking the source of the one who actually makes the grass green, we actually look for the grass being greener on the other side. There's a perfect example of this with this guy named Lot in the Bible, Lot and the green grass. It says this in Genesis 13. It picks up in this story where Abraham, who we just heard of, he had left where he was in Haran and he had left. And as a result, God had blessed him and grew his wealth immediately, like immensely over time as he had been following the Lord. And Lot 
was, was his family member who went alongside him. And as a result, Lot had also grown and all his possessions so much that they could not physically live together anymore because the land would not deal with both of them. That's some serious blessing. Think about the blessing of your life, blessing so much, someone so much that they couldn't even be next to you because you couldn't fit all the stuff. This is an amazing thing. It picks up here in Genesis 13 in verse 8. It says, And Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, I will go to the right. And if you take the right hand, I will go to the left. Verse 10 says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. He said, so Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Now this is an interesting thing, right? Because Abram, who is the bigger, wealthier, more important person, gives Lot the pick of where to go. And what Lot does is he looks up in the natural. He doesn't go and seek the Lord. He doesn't do any of those things. He looks in the natural and sees, yeah, there's green grass over there. I'm going to go over there. And whenever you're picking the greener grass without spiritual eyes, it sometimes comes with hidden problems you don't think about. And, and I think that this has happened so many times for so many people, is that they're thinking more with their eyes than they are thinking spiritually. They're like, well, I, I can shift everything over here and make a couple more bucks and have some green in my pocket. And I can go and live this way and have some green in my rolling papers. And I can go over here and... And they're thinking the physical, how it feels, how it makes me feel, or those kind of things. And they're not thinking spiritually. See, if you seek first the direction from the Lord, the grass will be the best grass. It will be the provision for you. But first you have to seek him. It says here, this is the next part. It says, Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now, the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Now, you think about this. And he inadvertently chose to associate himself with people who were against God. Because it looked greener in his physical eyes. So friends, let me challenge you that you would look to the Lord for spiritual wisdom and guidance before you jump the gun and do something crazy. Before you uproot your family, before you make that big decision, before you jump ship, seek the Lord and see what his provision is for you. There's this song, it's an old song, and it says, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. And it becomes one of those things that is a mantra. It's like, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided to follow Jesus. And we talk about it often. We use that image of following Christ because that's who we are. We're on a journey with Jesus. None of us is perfect. All of us is on that journey. And because we are, we are trusting him. And we're doing so in faith because he's not always telling us the destination either. 
So the idea is to, to think about that. It talks about in Hebrews 11, verse 32, it picks up here. And it talks about all these stories of those who live by faith. And it picks up and says this. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets who say it with me. Through faith, and it continues, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, who quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and became powerful in battle, and routed foreign enemies through faith. See, this was all because the Lord was on their side. It wasn't because they did it of their own strength. It's because they sought first the Lord and he led them by faith to do these things. And friends, the path with Christ is greener because he's our provision for us. It talks about in Psalm 23, you, you probably know it. I've heard it before. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures. He's the one who's doing those things for us. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. See, he is the one who's the guidance for us. As we follow him, we will be led to green pastures. If we look for our own green pastures, they come with complications. I love what it says here about Abraham. It wasn't by him following the rules or the law. It was through faith that these things were accredited. It talks about in Romans 4. It's not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world. But through the righteousness that comes by faith. That's powerful. It's not by following the rules that it happened. It's by following him in faith. See, the other half of that song, I have decided to follow Jesus. It goes, no turning back, no turning back. There's a, there's a decision that people have made and examples to us in scripture about being those who keep going, no turning back. Even when the cost was high, even when they didn't see the things with their physical eyes, the promises were theirs for eternity. It, it lists all these things in Hebrews 11, 36 to 38, talks about jeers and flogging and chains and imprisonment, putting to death by stoning, being all these different ways that they were killed how they were persecuted, what they suffered by, how they had to run and live in these desolate places, all because they were following the Lord. And it says this, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something for, better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. See, the thing he had for them is what he had for us. He has a future for us that's better than anything we could earn. Better than anything that we can conceive of, contrive of. Man, I, I've had an opportunity to live in some amazing places with some people who had absolute power and wealth and built these colossal things to themselves like Versailles in France or the pyramids in Egypt. And guess what? Those people are still dead. They couldn't take it with them. No matter how hard they tried. 
but for us that live for eternity, eternity's in front of us. It's the greenest path. You know, in the other part of this story, that God, he, he, he brings down judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah because they were people who lived against him. They, they were living against him and they were wicked, it says. And man, even though Abraham, he, he pleaded with the Lord for righteousness, there wasn't even the number he was looking for. So instead, the Lord said, I will go and save your family out of there. And so he sends these angels down in there to, to bring down the cities. And the angels, they, they say to them in Genesis 19, as they brought them out, one said, escape for your life and do not look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the hills, lest you be swept away. And see, I think a lot of times we have those same admonitions from the Holy Spirit on things that we've been doing in our life. He's like, listen, don't turn back. Don't look back. Get out of here and go. And I think some of us, we make the mistake that Lot's wife made. It says the Lord rained down on Sodom and Gomorrah, sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. She looked back. See, we're not called to look back. We're called to follow him. No turning back. With the lens of faith, no turning back. I mean, the only thing, we have a picture of Lot's wife. You guys have the picture? It looks like that. See, faith, I know it's a dad joke. I'm sorry. I'm a dad. What do you want? Faith to believe. See, for us, we, ha we have to have that faith to believe. It's, it's one of the lenses that will most benefit you in your walk with Christ is having a faith to believe lens on your, on your eyes. If you see things in faith, then you'll walk in faith and you'll see the results in faith of what he wants to do in you and in your sphere of influence, and in your family. Because it's the blessing that you can't make on your own, but he can lead you towards. But it's all when we start with that perspective, that perspective in the lens of faith. It will change how we think and feel. It'll change our attitude. It'll change that decision-making so that we can't rationalize our own decisions, but instead we'll sync up with what he has for us. And we'll actually go after the things of him. It says in scripture, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Conviction of things not seen. The word that came to us today was ask of me what you want, what you're hoping for. And that's the word that he has for you today. As the worship team comes and we go to this song of worship, the question I have for you today is do you have faith to believe do you have faith to believe? See, I think there are some here that haven't made that first step in their relationship with Jesus. The question for you is, have you embraced Jesus? Each one of us has to make that decision. No one can make it for you, not a parent, not, not a spouse, not a loved one. It's an individual decision that we would be those who embrace Christ, what he's done on our behalf. See, for us, the symbol of the cross is one of freedom because it's a place where Christ paid for the sin of the world, your mistakes and mine. He paid for it once and for all, for all people, for all time. And because he did, we can know forgiveness, the freedom 
that is ours in Jesus Christ. But it's a step of faith to embrace it. It says we can't earn it, it's grace to us. We can't do enough good to earn it. But if we believe in faith, he will be those, he will be the one that forgives all of those who ask him. It says this in scripture, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It says, for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Today, friends, is your opportunity to embrace Christ, to ask him to come into your life and to start this whole thing new for you. I'm gonna ask if everyone would stand. If you bow your heads just for a moment. Friends, maybe you're here under the sound of my voice and, and that's you. You wanna say that, that kind of prayer to the Lord today as heads are bowed here in the room. It's a simple prayer. It goes something like this. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for sending Jesus. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose again. Forgive me of my sins. I surrender my life to you. In Christ Jesus' name I pray, amen. And if that's you today, these, these heads are bowed here across the room. If that's you, if you just let me know by raising your hand that you made a decision to follow Christ today, we just wanna celebrate with you. I see a hand that's there. Are there others? Thank you, Lord. Yeah, amen. Amen. Friends, we, we rejoice with you as making that decision to follow Jesus. It's, man, it's the thing that has changed all of our lives. None of us is better than anyone else except for the work of Jesus Christ in our hearts and lives. So friends, all of you that are Christ followers already, our challenge is this, that you would be someone who steps out in faith to the next thing that God would have for you. That you'd say, Lord, I want to see through the lens of faith. Help my unbelief. Help me to have faith to see the things you want me to do. To see the things you want me to see. If that's you today, I want to open this altar to you. Some, it's going to be praying for your family members. Maybe it's for your kids or your grandkids. Maybe it's asking the Lord in faith to help you with that step that you need to take professionally. Maybe it's some dream or something he has in your heart that you, you've shelved there, but you want to see those things. He's called you to it, to believe in faith. Friend, I can't tell you what it is, but you know. So I open this altar to you today that you come make an altar with God and seek him for the things he wants to do in and through your life. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this word, which is powerful. We thank you, Lord, for the faith of Abraham. Lord, that it's an example to us. Lord, as someone who walked by faith and not by sight. Lord, someone who went alongside you, Lord, and you directed and blessed him beyond reason. You blessed others through him beyond reason. Lord, all because he sought you first. Lord, we look to you as our source. We look to you, Lord, and not to this world and not to the things of this world, but Lord, to you. Lord, build our faith. Lord, help us with our faith. Lord, help us have the lens of faith. Lord, and as we come to this altar, Lord, and we seek you for those things, Lord, we ask you to impart yourself in a new and a powerful way, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We open this altar to you today. Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how
how many of you can be encouraged today to look again through the lens of faith in your life and just to be encouraged and strengthened on your journey with Jesus that you just keep looking through that lens of faith with hope, hope in him. Amen. I want to encourage you again. Today, life groups are starting. Go online. You'll see a, a QR code like this in the back of the seats. Just scan it to your phone. Get involved. Connect into a group. Grow in your faith. Grow in service before the Lord. And we just want to see as many people get involved this semester in life groups. Also want to encourage you to invite a friend. Take one of these invites. They're, they're for you there in uh, the cafe area. You can take one of these and invite a friend. It's a simple way just to say, hey, come with me. Let's go to church together. Also, if you'd like to, we have some yard signs that are available out there. Hey, I live in an HOA. They haven't got me yet. So let me encourage you. It's an easy way, a passive way to invite a neighbor to, to join us at church and for check out the things online. Before we go, let me pray a blessing over us today. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Lord, I pray a blessing upon your church, your people. God, that you would empower us, Lord, through the lens of faith to follow after you. Lord, that you would help us to live your love out to those around us. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Know this. We love you very much here at Cornerstone. God bless you and have a great week.